Good news, guys. We're back from our hiatus. It was a whole week. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Uh, I mean, you could say it was a week, but are we really back back? <laughs> well... Maybe, sorta, kinda. Uh, I'll read the small print later. But welcome to episode seventy-one of Motorsport One Hundred and One. I am your friendly neighbourhood, Mr. Andre Harrison, and with me um, for a special edition of the show is Mr. Ryan King. Hello, sir. Yes, yes. This is very special. Maybe this will be a tradition. New New Year's episode. Yay! This this whole episode was King's idea. To be fair to him, like King was like, "Hey, we should we should have a we should have a Christmas special." It ended up being more of a New Year special because we're all just really busy around us all the time. But here we are. It's a New Year special. Um, Merry Christmas, of course, yes. to everybody out there that's listening. Merry Christmas. I hope you had a I hope you had a lovely festive period. Um, whenever you may celebrate around this time of year, and of course, by the time it goes out, 2017 would have started. Um, fuck 2016 <laughs> for what it's worth. <laughs> Because we're recording this a day after we lost George Michael on Christmas Day, which is just the biggest fucking kick in the teeth you can imagine. It's like, we can't even celebrate Christmas without a celebrity death. Like, you know know what's what's horrible about it, King? And I don't want to demean this by any stretch, but they almost took Carrie Fisher off us a week ago, or about three or four days ago. So, so like the Grim Reaper thought, fuck it, I'm taking Rick Parfit and George Michael instead <laughs> in the space of three days. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been an awful friggin' week, and, we, and you know we're just trying to we're trying to come back with a little bit of resilience because this year has been awful for deaths of people we care about and just been a shitty year in general. Um, let's hope 2017 is a little bit better. So let, why not start the new year right? We have a podcast. Um, that's, that's the plan, at least, anyway. Um, places you can find us, of course, um, that we're on youtube.com forward slash uh, motorsport101. You may have missed the semi-big announcements, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, and we're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter as well, at motorsport underscore 101. And, of course, our personal Twitters are at Harrison101HD. At Ryan Eric King and at AJ underscore Bombersports. And um, yeah, you may have heard the news. We're getting a second show next year. Oh my god. Well, we're getting we're getting two shows for the price of one as the bike live crew of uh, Rebecca James and Lewis Sudderby are joining us over on the Motorsport 101 network in March. We basically pulled the greatest Bosman sign in since Robert Lewandowski. Um it, <laughs> It, it is gold, and um, I can't wait to get them over here. There will be a second international fantasy draft in the new year, um, sometime in January. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely organise and sort of that. We'll get you a date as soon as we know it. I'm trying to furiously text Bex as we speak, um, but we will get around to that. But yeah, we're so excited to get to get Bike Club over here. So we're gonna have a proper dedicated biking show on Motorsport 101 every single week from March onwards. And if you've heard some of the guests we've had on Bike Live in that time, you should be very excited because we've had multiple world champions on this show on, on many occasions. And yeah, there's like Lewis is genius at getting names. So I cannot wait to see how to see how that develops in this upcoming year. I'm very, very excited for that. And I hope you guys can't wait either. It's going to be awesome. Here's hoping. But, um, 
that's all great. And if you really like the sound of that even more, you can go into our Patreon and back us at patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. Shout out to Andrew Kissinger, who's our new Patreon backer as well. He's come back, King. He's returned oh, he's at back. last. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's back at last. Uh, <laughs> it's like, okay. He took about six months out, but he's back now. God bless him. Uh, thanks, Andrew. Much appreciated as always. And um, King, before we really get going, um, did, you, did you watch the last week's episode of the Grand Tour? No, like literally I was trying to squeeze it in before we started recording this episode, but I couldn't get to it. Oh, I, it was actually good this week. It was good. <laughs> uh, their trip to Finland was good. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I liked it. I, I'm, like It actually felt more like a car show this week as opposed to... Yo, Clarkson Hammond and May's comedy show mixed in with a mixed in with a bit of cars every the, once in a while. The comedy adventure tour, the comedy adventure tour, like like, like the Clarkson stand up routine. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good this week. There was a cool segment with comparing the Ford Mustang coming to the UK um, compared to um, the the new Ford Focus RS, which was pretty cool. Obviously, of course, you can probably guess who drove the Mustang out of the three of them. Um, <laughs> Yep, yep, you already guessed it. And there was a very not-so-subtle jab at Top Gear in that segment. Do you want to know what it was? What was it? Okay. They're in London. They're driving past the War Memorial. Oh, The the same War Memorial that, that Top Gear got into hot water with earlier this year with Ken Block involved. And um, Hammond says, "Oh, look, there's a war, there's our war memorial where we, you know we we pay tribute to those who fought for us in World War Two. I think we should pay that a bit of respect. Let's drive past it nice and slow." <laughs> and it's just like, oh man, <laughs> the shade, <laughs> the shade being thrown from from Hammond on there. And then, like, I wouldn't say watch that one episode because there's still a lot of the usual Top Gear bloody blah nonsense in there. Like Conversation Street is still a bit of a meh. Um, Celebrity Brain Punch featured a featured someone pretending to be Kimi Raikkonen because, of course, they're in Finland. What did you expect? Um, they did their usual Christmas gift giving routine as well, which was just you know there really. Um, and actually, did Bob Geldof appeared via video camera during that segment, which was kind of weird. Um, but the, the highlight was definitely James May's. Little, I think it was about a fifteen-minute piece comparing um, Ford versus Ferrari and their Le Mans rivalry in the late sixties, um, which was fantastic. Probably the best thing the Grand Tour has put together so far. Um, that alone was was excellent. It's definitely worth a watch. If you guys haven't seen it yet, go out of your way to find it. It's the best thing the Grand Tour has done today. Um, stay tuned. I'll be reviewing each episode as, as it happens. I'm going to try... There's a good chance episode two will be up by the time you listen to this podcast. Um, it's Operation Desert Stumble, which was basically a comedy routine with a couple of cars thrown in. But... Um, yeah, check that out if you haven't already. But um, yeah, should we get on with the show, King? Yes, we should definitely get on with the show. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we let's just put it this way: we're going to be giving Zach Brown a lot of a lot of money today because our show is pretty much entirely themed around autosport. Great. Um, thanks, thanks to Marcus in in, in our Motorsport One Hundred and One Twitter for suggesting we take the Christmas quiz on, which we will. 
Um, we will do that, and then we will review their top 50 drivers of 2016 and give our own top 10 lists at the end as well. So that should be fun. And hopefully we, we, we won't embarrass ourselves too much. That's the plan, at least. <laughs> the, the plan. <laughs> like... The actual results may vary. It's a bit like taking Viagra tablets. You get that little soundproof bit at the end where it just goes, actual results may vary. <laughs> like, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Okay. This is the bit where Johnson puts a creative music intro in there. <laughs> All right, King. I'm guessing you have the link open, right? Yes, I have so, it Yeah, Yeah, it is the 2016 Autosport Christmas quiz. It, it reads... Autosport presents the 2016 Christmas Day Motorsport Quiz. Test your knowledge of the past season with our 50 fiendish questions. Oh, boy. Um, Okay. Now, the only rule I've got here is that me and you both have to agree on the same answer. Okay. Uh, And we will click it. Obviously, because you guys can't see it, we're going to read out the questions as well, obviously. Um, And, of course, why not play along at home? And, and see what you guys get. And, like, we, before the show, agreed that anything less than 40 for us is probably quite embarrassing, as, especially given that, as I said earlier, King out of the previous is the smart one. Um, <laughs> so, like, no pressure, guys. Um, we, we've really got to do well on this one, okay? We've got to get 50... We're aiming for 40 out of 50. Remember that. It will become important later. <laughs> okay. So let the quiz begin. Question one, IndyCar. Alexander Rossi won this year's Indy 500, but who was the last driver classified a rookie to take victory in the race? Helio, who still has magnificent hair, Juan Pablo Montoya, or Jacques Villeneuve? Now, I think it's Montoya, isn't it? Yeah, it's Montoya. It's Juan Pablo Montoya. Yeah, 2000, I think it was. Um, Thanks to Chris Cook for that one. Um, (laughs) I said it was the only reason I remember that, but thanks a lot to Monty on that one. Um, okay, I agree with you on that one. I think it's Montoya. Number two, DTM. Oh, boy. Ten drivers won DTM races in 2016, but who was the highest-placed non-winner in the standings? Was it Tom Blomqvist, Gary Paffitt, or, Mac- or Maxime Martin? Sorry if I butchered his name there. Um, oh, God. Any ideas? I want to say Blomquist. But, like, the only reason I wouldn't say Blomquist is unless it's a curveball and he actually won a race. Because I know he finished, like, six in the championship, but I'm not sure if he actually won a race or not. I have no idea. Um, I'm going to go with whatever you want to go with. Yeah, we're going Blomquist. <laughs> we're going Blomquist. Okay. Um, we'll go with that. Um, I didn't watch a single second of DTM this year. I apologize to all our German listeners. I know feel like that they keep nagging me every week. Dre, when are you watching DTM? And it's like, never! <laughs> um, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, number three, WEC. How many different crews secured overall victories in the World Endurance Championship in 2016? Three, four, or six? Now... Again, just so you know, we're not cheating. We're not Googling any of this, by the way. Um, just so you know. Um, so, King, we know that, you know... Oh, God. How many How many do you think it was, then? Uh, I want to say, say four. Yeah, I want to say four, because I know each of the manufacturers in LMP1 won. Like, they yes. each won a race. But I know that Porsche... Two cars, like, one of their cars won Le Mans, and Weber's car did not win Le Mans, but, like, won most of the rest of the season. Yeah, they won the championship. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I want to say four. Are you okay with yeah, that? Yeah, I'm good with four. Four? Okay, doke. 
Number four, which 2016 Formula One driver is this having his first F1 test? Now, obviously, you can't see the picture, but it is someone in a Williams. Yeah, it looks like um, mid-2000 Williams, so I really yeah. want to say Rosberg. Yeah, the options were Valtteri Bottas, Sebastian Vettel, and Nico Rosberg. Um, given that he debuted for him, um, I'm okay with Rosberg. Are you? Yeah, I'm okay with Rosberg, because... Like, uh, Vettel, like, Bo- Botas would be too young. Uh, Vettel, yes. Vettel, he had an agreement, like, he was originally, like, a BMW driver for a bit, but that was, yep. this seems, like, too early to be one of the Williams BMWs. Yep, okay, we'll go with Rosberg, then. Yeah. On, on our head, be it. Um, number five, MotoGP, who is this arriving in style for the French Grand Prix? Um, now, it's a picture of somebody on a Mark VDS scooter, and the options are, are Scott Redding, Jack Miller, or Eugene Laverty. So you can probably guess Jack Miller, yeah. because it's the only guy that rides for Mark VDS, even though even I can recognize him, that, that's definitely Jack Miller. Um, Bean pole legs. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely Jack on that one. Um, number six, F3. Which son of an F1 legend is this? Is it Pedro Piquet, Harrison Newey, or Mick Schumacher? Um, do you recognize the car livery? It's, it's got a Mercedes badge on the front. Does that help? Is that is that is that, is that Mick? It's not going to be Mick because Mick didn't race an F three this year. Uh, oh, it's an F three car. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mick racing F four. It, uh, it's going to be Newey. It's going to be Newey. Harrison Newey then. Yeah. Okay. Doke. Um, I'll go with you on that one. Number seven. Nico Hulkenberg has now started. Whoops. Started 115 F1 races without a podium finish. But which driver holds the record? Adrian Sutil, shout out to Josh, Pierre-Luigi Martini, or Philippe Allier? Um, I think that's, that's Sutil, isn't it? Yeah, Sutil. Yeah, I think so, like 127, I want to say, something like that. He's getting close, Holkenberg. Yeah, he's That's going to be, be a problem. Um, you never know, Nico. Maybe Renault will make a leap this year. Um, <laughs> number eight... Which driver expressed his frustration at Esteban Gutierrez not getting out of the way while being lapped with the radio message, Esteban's my favourite, I love this guy, during the 2016 season? Is it Vettel, Ricardo, or Hamilton? It was it was Vettel, wasn't it, right? I'm pretty sure it was Ricardo. Oh, it was Ricardo? You know? Okay. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that was, that was at Cota. Yeah, I know it was at because, Cota, but I just don't remember who... <laughs> Because I remember that, like every all, it's a trick question because all three that have been mad at Esteban yeah. this season on the radio. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure the American one was Ricardo, um, because Ricardo's the one that's really sarcastic on the radio. So I'm going to go with with the honey badger on this one. Yeah. Okay. Number nine. Which driver on the F1 grid has claimed the most podium finishes in their career? Fernando Alonso, Lewis Hamilton, or Kimi Raikkonen? Ooh, I'm pretty sure it's Nando. Yeah, it's Nando. I think it's like 97 or something like that. 96, 97. And I don't think Hamilton and Riken has got quite that many. Um, so I'm going to go, yeah, Nando. Okay, cool. Number 10. Which BTCC driver joined forces with, with Chris Ward to win the Goobard Revival's RAC Taurus Trophy celebration for the second year in succession? Uh, Matt Neal, Andrew <laughs> Jordan, or Gordon Shedden? I ain't going to be any help. <laughs> Where's Johnson when you need him? Uh, I, I I have no idea. Let's just go shedding and move on. 
Yeah, we'll guess. We're going to go, go Gordon Shedden. Fine. I'm okay with that. Um, number 11. How many riders claimed their first top class Grand Prix victory in the 2016 season? Three, four, or five? Okay, so who was the, who was first-time winners? Jack Miller. Yeah, Miller. And Andre Iannone. Okay. Maverick Vinales. Carl Crutchlow. Okay. So that's four, right? That's four. And what, there were seven different winners this year? Nine. Nine different winners? Okay. So how many guys didn't win their maiden, didn't have their maiden victory this year? I'm going to look at who were the nine winners? Lorenzo, Marquez, Rossi, Dovi, Iannone, Miller, Crutchlow, Pedrosa, and... Davizioso won one as well because he won at Malaysia. Um, okay, I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's four. Yeah, it's four. Yeah, Miller, Miller, Vinales, Crutchlow, and Ianoni. There's the four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Twelve. BTCC. Who was the oldest driver on the grid this year? Stuart Lines, Matt Neal, or Michael Kane? My again, I have no help. Yeah, here. my non-knowledge of of BTCC just wants to say Michael Caine because his name is just like the actor's name. Fuck it, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> Number thirteen. Which of these three GP two podium finishes finished highest in the final standings? Sean Galil, uh, Marvin Kirkhofer, or Nicholas Latifi? Latifi. Latifi, I'm sure he was, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was pretty hard, wasn't he? Okay, we'll go with you on that one. Okay, number 14. How many different types of Audi did Lucas Degrassi win a race in this season? One, two, or three? So, is this, is this, a, is this a trick question and we're going to mention his WEC win in Bahrain as well? Actually, can we go back to 13? Change it back to Sean, because I was like, I really, I don't want to hate on, like, Indonesia too much. I'm pretty sure Sean finished, like, one position higher than Latifi. Okay, okay, we'll go back to that. Okay, Lucas. Okay, different times. He won in Formula E this season, obviously. He won at Paris, so that's that taken care of, but... Did he was, was it his crew that won in Bahrain their final race? Uh, yes, I know he got the the... The finale victory. Was he in anything else? I don't oh. think so. Okay. I think it's two. I think it's two. Okay, we'll go with two. We'll go with two. Go. Two it is. Um, number 15. Other than champion Jose Maria Lopez, who was the only other driver to score points in every WTCC race? Rob Hav, oh. Benny Benani, or Tiago Montiero? Oh, God. Like, I just want to go Tiago just off of just name familiarity. Fine, I have no idea. We'll go with that. Number 16, Sebastian Ogier bows out of Volkswagen with how many wins in the Polo RWRC to go with his four titles? Is it 29, 31, or 33? Oh, come on. What did OGA... How many wins does OGA have in the last four years? So I can't... Uh, yeah. I know it's a ton. I know it's a goddamn ton. Well, it's at least 29, clearly. Because <laughs> I know... I have no idea. He averaged about eight a year, so I'm going to hedge my bet. Uh, Higher or lower? 33. I'm going to go 33. Okay, I'll go with you on that one. 
33. Okay, where did champion Jimmy Johnson claim his only pole position en route to a seventh NASCAR title? Loudon, Phoenix, or Daytona? Uh, the, the, the only pole position, I would... Loudon, Loudon, New Hampshire. I'm just going to say it. Loudon, okay. Is that a guess? Yeah, that is a guess. That is a 100% guess. Oh, shit. We're not doing very well here, Kig. <laughs> 18, IndyCar. Who in 2016 became the third generation of his family to make his IndyCar debut? Connor Daly, Matthew Brabham, or Spencer Piggott? Brabham, obviously. <laughs> yep, also Brabham, also. Um, 19, Adrian Newey's first job in F1 was with which team? Fittipaldi, Theodore, or Shadow? Oh, I think... Oh, I want Shadow, Shadow. <laughs> Shadow. Shadow, yeah. You're the historian here, King. If you don't get this one right, I'm going to kill you. Uh, now I'm just like, um, just like, am I thinking, like, oh, God. Because it's weird. Okay, yes, it, it's going to be, it's a trick question. After you graduate, you got an internship at Fittipaldi. It's, okay, Fittipaldi. Yeah, okay, it's a trick cool, question. Cool, cool. Yeah. Number 20. <laughs> What did Sergio Perez, Nico Hulkenberg, Daniel Ricciardo, and Romain Grosjean have in common in 2016? They either A, all claimed one fastest lap, they all set or equaled their best grid positions, or they all started their 100th Grand Prix. I'm pretty the, sure it's Grand Prix number 100. Yeah, Grand Prix number 100. Because Ricciardo's had his in Germany. I know Hulk, I know like Force India celebrated both of theirs together and Grosjean had his 100th Grand Prix I think right at the end um, so yeah I think it's pretty sure they all started at Grand Prix number 100 um, 21 how many times did Daniel Kvyat score points after being demoted to Toro Rosso twice three times or four times uh, Kvyat I think it's three times I think it's free I agree I think it's free I think he had, he, I think he had one in Singapore and I can't remember the other two but I've noticed at least two um well obviously because the question says so but still um <laughs> um 22 how many times did Porsche Carrera Cup dominator Dan Kamish fail to finish on the podium during his 2016 campaign <laughs> the, the None, famous once or Kamish. twice okay uh, if only Mullen was here <laughs> like I don't watch Carrera Cup who has I think I mm, I don't know okay I Okay. Should we guess this one too, or are you trying to work this out? It's going to be a guess. Like, how many times did he not win? How many times did he fail to finish on the podium? Uh, twice. I'm going to guess twice. Okay, we'll go with you twice. Okay, twenty-three. How many different drivers won races in European Formula 3 this season? 5, 8, or 11? Oh, damn it. I hate it. <laughs> These questions are killing me. Oh, man. Oh, I, I, I truly know nothing this year. I felt like maybe Formula 3 I'd be able to slide on, but... Okay. I think I want to... What, is 5 an option? Yes, it is. I'm, I'm going to go five. My gut feeling says five. Because a lot of Stroll dominators. I don't think it was that many winners. Um, so, okay. I'd say, like, dominating in Formula 3 is not what you consider, like, dominating, period. 
Oh, no, I know it's not. It's just relative dominance. Um, okay. Number 24, Jason Plato and Colin Turkington scored 20 podiums across the final 21 races of the season. How many points did they score over the first nine? Five, 13, or 25? I know the Subarus were shit at the start of the season, but that's about as far as it goes. Okay, I'm starting to regret my choice in the last question because I know um, uh, Lance Stroll won one, uh, George Russell won one. Cassidy 1-1, Gunther 1-1, Callum Elliott 1-1, Ben Barnacote 1-1, so that's six. Yeah, so it can't be five then. Uh, Just just put an eight, see what happens, just put an eight. Okay, we'll go with eight. Um, So back to BTCC and Turkington, how many points did they score in the first nine races at Subaru? (sighs) How bad was it? If Johnson were here, (laughs) if Johnson were here. I know. Okay, BTCC. I, I, okay. They were real bad to start the year. The thing is, I need to know the point system. That's the most thing. You can't know this without knowing the I point. think it's pretty similar to football. I think it's 25 for a win, isn't it? Uh, I guess would be similar. But I think I think it's MotoGP style where, you, where the points go down to 15th. Yeah, I think it is that. That's what I was thinking. So I'm going to guess 13. 13. Okay, I'll go over you on that. 25. DTM. Name the multiple DTM champion who was part of the Nürburgring 24 Hours winning crew in 2016. Klaus Ludwig, Timo Schneider, or Bernd Schneider? Oh, this year's Nürburgring 24. I, did I even, I didn't watch it this year after what happened the year before. But I want to say... Oh, Bernard Snyder. Okay, cool. 26. Who joined Oliver Rowland in leading just a single GP2 lap? That is what? <laughs> what kind of question? Is, who led one single lap this entire season? Philo Pazalmand, <laughs> Gustav Malia, or Sergio Canamassis? Uh, I want to say Canamassis. Are you, are you, Actually, the hill you choose okay, to I'm going to go Gustav because Canvas is bad, but he's too bad. Like, you need to be bad enough not to win a race. Like, you need to have led only one single lap. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to okay. go Malia. I'm going to go Malia. Malia. Okay. Okay. How many Formula E races did Sebastian Buemi... Um, Start from the front row in 2016. So that, Two, four, or six? Uh, I want to say four. He, I want to say four. Says, yeah, I was going to say four because he 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 choked a lot in qualifying this year. Yeah. So four. yeah, four. Cool. Super Formula. Where did Stoffel Van Dorn finish in his debut season in Japan? Was he champion, second, or fourth? Where's RJ O'Connell at? <laughs> Okay, where did start? Uh, fourth, wasn't he? Yeah, he was fourth. He was fourth in championship. Yeah, fourth side. Um, Blancpain. What was the Blancpain Endurance Series winning McLaren team's best result after two wins in the first three races? Was it fifth, fifteenth, or thirtieth? Fifth. Okay, you should. You, you watched Blancpain a lot this year, didn't you? Uh, no, I just read the results a lot this year. <laughs> I didn't actually Bad. watch it. 
That helps too. Um, WRC number thirty. What was Yari Mati Yatvala's worst? This was sorry. This was his worst season since two thousand and eight, seven, or six. Ooh, how did Latvala do? I want to say it's his worst season since two thousand seven. Seven. Said with confidence there, clearly. <laughs> uh, 31. Which ex-Formula 1 driver drove this car in two rounds of the 2016 WEC? That's the manor car, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that's the manor, so it's Will Stevens. Is it Will, Ste- Will the Lad Stevens? Shout out to Elizabeth Worth. Um, 32. Where is Andreas Mikkelsen in this image? Hint, the answer is not in the car. <laughs> real cheeky autosport, real Very cheeky. Funny. Very funny. Very funny. Goodwood, Poland, or Germany? Uh, I can't tell if that's... No, that's not tarmac, because Germany is a tarmac rally. I want to say Poland. Poland it is. That does not look like Goodwood. It doesn't, no. Um... 33, which former Grand Prix driver is in this DTM action? Numbers number 16, but yeah, is it either Paul DeResta, Timo Gluck, or Marcus Can't Stop the Winkle Rock? Oh god, who was in the who was in the Deutsche Post 16 this year? Uh, I feel like I knew this going in, but now I'm on the pressure of actually answering it. I feel like I know nothing. Go with your gut. Okay, Deutsche Post 16, like I would it be? <laughs> I want to say Winkle Rock for the laughs, but uh... actually, let me look at the picture because, like, it would actually—it's not Deresta because it's a BMW. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Glock. It's, it's Glock. Okay, let's go look at this. Um, Thirty-four. How many British citizens won a race in GP3 this year? Three, four, or five? I have no idea if who were British. Like Jack Aiken was one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna be at least three. Yeah, it has to be at least three. So it's like the moment. Like I know Aiken was in it. I know Dennis Hughes. Oh, and Perry four. Four. <laughs> cool. Okay. Yeah. WTCC, where did Volvo claim its sole victory? Russia, Slovakia, or China? The hell? <laughs> you guessing this one too? <laughs> yep, I'm guessing Slovakia because I don't know. Only the W, the, the W, only World Touring Car Race is there, so. Yeah. Uh. Good shout. Number 36, 2009 British Ford and Formula Ford runner-up Joseph Newgarden claimed his first IndyCar win this year. No, 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 he didn't. <laughs> he won last year. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> what was his Formula Ford conqueror James Cole's best BTCC result? Johnson! <laughs> Where are you? Um... I have no idea. Do you? Uh, third. You reckon you got a podium in there somewhere? Yeah. Fuck it. Okay. MotoGP. What percentage of MotoGP races did a Honda win? 50%, 55%, or 72%? Okay. 
So there's 18 races in a MotoGP season. Marquez had five wins. Um, yeah, how many? Miller, did- Miller had one. Came- Crutchlow had two. And Pedrosa had one. So that's nine. 50. Nine, yeah. nine out of 18, 50%. Yeah. Um, everything. <laughs> Lol. How many different cars did Felix Rockenfist <laughs> compete in this year? Okay. I see what you did there, Honest Boy. Okay, he was in um, DTM this year. He was in, uh, oh God, he was in Lights, Formula E. Yeah, two. I think that was it. Three. They were good. <laughs> Formula E? Yeah, Formula E. Yeah, that's three. Three. Cool. You got it. 39, more Formula E. Jose Maria Lopez has returned to single-seaters in Formula E. What was his last single-seater involvement? Racing in GP2, Renault F1 test driver, or the US F1 project? US F1, making them toasters. Yeah, all the toasters. Number 40, which car started the opening race of the WTCC season on pole? Was it a Citroen? A Lada or a Honda? Going Citroen, because they've been historically dominant, so I'm just going to guess it's a Citroen. Good guess. Um, European Le Mans Series. Guido van der Gaard won the ELMS title alongside Harry Ticknell, who favorites all my tweets, and Simon Dolan. In which car did he make his roofed debut? Is it Gibson, Caterham, or, or the AC Cobra? I don't think... Would a Caterham Superlight have a roof? <laughs> no, it doesn't have a roof. Not really. Would they have to have one for safety reasons, though? No, because I think you'd run with a roll cage, so... God damn, Guido, what did you drive this year? <laughs> it was orange and really obnoxious. I think it was a Gibson. I think it was, too. We'll go with that. Which co-driver finished second in this year's World Rally Championship? Mika and Antia... Yamo Leitinen or Nicholas Gilsel? Oh, God, who was... So who, so who was runner-up this year, and then who was his co-driver? Okay, so by default, we know OGA won. And that's when it's going to get a bit fuzzy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's like, who was second in the championship? And it's like, mm, Okay... Okay, who else? I know Lot Below was in the championship, but did he finish second? Oh, no, no, no. Nouvelle finished second. But who do you know who his co-driver is? Uh, who's... I know by default he's also Belgian, so that kind of eliminates... Oh, then it would have to be the last one. It'd have to be Nicolas Gilsoul, because he's the only other person who's not finished on that list. Yeah, it sounds French. It wasn't the Belgians speak French, so yeah. Um, Forty-three Formula E. What did Formula E's inaugural champion Nelson Piquet Jr. achieve in Hong Kong? Um, was he the first driver to crash out of the lead of a Formula E race? Was it his first pole position in the series, or was it Nextev's first podium? I don't think it was his first pole position. I think he got that in season one. Yeah, he got that in season one. It wasn't Nextev's first podium. Yeah, because he kind no, it wasn't Nextev's first podium. Hang uh, on, because because it, it, wait, it was yeah, it was because <laughs> the season before he was with China. Remember? Yeah, it was China racing. So yeah, Nextev. Yeah, Nextev. Yeah, Nextev first podium. Yeah. Um. Okay. Cool. 
44. Which ex Formula One driver's son joined the Ferrari Driver Academy for his GP3 graduation? Gialiano Alesi, Louis Delatraz, or Oleon Panis? Panis. <laughs> Panis, you got it. Um, 45. Formula, Formula um, V8 3.5. Audi sports car driver Marco Bonanomi's Actually, no, no, no. It's Alessi, because Panis was in Formula V8 3.5 this year. Whoops. Um, okay, Audi sports car driver Marco Bonanomi's Red Bull Ring one-off returned him to single seats for the first time since when? 2007, 9, or 11? Uh, 9. 9? Okay, we'll go with 9. Um, BTCC. Before Shedden managed it this season, who was the last BTCC driver to retain his title? Matt Neal, Fabrizio Giovanardi, or Ivan Muller? Well, we're going back a long way here. Well, man. <laughs> going back, it's like, it's going back it's, not, it's like it's already on 10 difficulty for us with the BTCC. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Neal. Yeah, I was going to say Neal. Cool. MotoGP, who had the most consecutive points finishes? Mark Marquez, Maverick Vinales, or Valentino Rossi? Wasn't it Marquez? I'm trying to think. Because Marquez crashed at Le Mans, but he did actually finish in the points. So he had a streak of six... I want to say, yes, 15 straight points because he crashed around after he won the title in Phillip Island. Um, yeah, so that's, al- that's almost the entire season. <laughs> 15, that was 15. Did Rossi have a run? No, Rossi didn't because he, he crashed to Aston. Um, did Maverick have a crash somewhere? Oh, God. I want to say Marquez, but I'm not sure if it's Maverick or not. Okay. Can you. Did Marquez. Like, did did, did Vergalis have a more recent crash or non finish? Because I don't think Maverick finished in Bruno. I'm trying to think. I want no, to say Marquez. No, I want to say, wasn't Maverick's only like non-finish this year was in Argentina, and that was like what the second round of the season. True. Do you want to go Maverick then? Yeah, I'm going to go Maverick because if it's like if the only time he didn't finish a race was the second round of the season. <laughs> Good shout. Good shout. Um. Okay, 48. Which driver won the AJ Foyt Trophy for IndyCar Oval races in 2016? Joseph Newgarden, Simon Pagano, or Graham Rahal? It was Newgarden, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Newgarden. Yeah, thought so. Um, 49. National. Which car took the highest number of GT3 wins in the 2016 British GT Championship? The Lamborghini Huracan, the Aston Martin (laughs) Vantage, or the Bentley Continental? Well, there's no way we're getting this, are we? No. I just, I just assume it's the Vantage because I only follow one driver in in the GT Championship. Who's that? Um, uh, Jamie Chadwick. But yeah, let's move on. Ah, what was his favorite? <laughs> uh, Vantage. Okay, good for her. Um, yeah, number fifty. Last question: Which manufacturer did not score a GTE Pro win during the 2016 World Endurance Championship? Aston Martin, Porsche, or Ford? Did not score a point. So, which did not score a win? Did not score a win. We know the Ford definitely scored Aston Martin because we know the Ford scored wins. Porsche is always pretty reliable, so I'm just guessing yeah. it's the Aston. Tandy is God, right? That is our fifty questions. Let's press submit and see what we got. 
We got 30. <laughs> wow. Oh. Barely a passing grade. Barely. Um, okay, how, how did we do on, like, our stalwarts? How would you on the F1 and MotoGP questions? Okay, F1, we got six out of seven on the F1 only questions. Okay, that's great. That's great. Um, so what was the only F1 one? The only F1 we got wrong was most podiums. That was actually Lewis Hamilton, not Fernando Alonso. Oh, damn. We underestimated Hamilton. Yep. Non-F1, we got 24 out of 43. Okay. Um, apparently, like this, this is the ones we got wrong. Um, if you don't, if you don't want to know, skip ahead. I'll put a time check in the in the episode. If you don't want to hear the answers and you want to test your friends with this one, but um, the ones we got wrong. Um, last Indy 500 rookie winner was actually Helio Castroneves. Wow! In 2001, the year after, <laughs> the year after Montoya won. For fuck's sake. <laughs> Um, yeah, we got the um, podium question wrong. We got the BTCC, oldest driver. It's actually um, Stuart Lines. Um, there was a third Audi Lucas won in. There was a third Audi? Wow. What could? What? What? Was he in DTM? <laughs> now, now I have to look this up now. Now I just can't let it just slide. Google. Save me, Google. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll read some more of these wrong answers out in the meantime. The only other driver to score points in every WTCC race was Mehdi Benani. Um, OGA had 31 wins, not 33. Mm, so close. Um, there was 11 different European Formula 3 wins yeah. this year, not 8. Um, we were actually right on the Plato Turkington um, Subaru question, funnily enough. Um, it was... Uh, Fido Paz Armand was the only other GP2 driver to lead a single lap outside of Audi okay. Longwind. I found, I found the third, the third Audi. He raced was in. It? He raced two races in the Audi Sport TT Cup and got one win. It being an all Audi series meant he won in an Audi. Of course he did. Um, Goddamn Autosport. Like, when front row starts was actually two, not four. Ooh. He was an even worse qualifier <laughs> than we thought. Um, Brompon, McLaren's team's best result after two wins in the first three was 30th. 30th? Damn! They only finished 30th once outside of the, the hey, first hey, three rounds. At least I got the new question right. <laughs> you got the new question right. Good for you. Um, okay, I'm going to run it from the top so we know. Yeah, we, we, we got top. We got Blomfist. We got four different manufacturers winning. We got the three picture questions all right. Um, we got Satil for most podiums. Um, Ricardo for the Esteban radio message. Gordon Shedden with um, for BTCC in the Taurus Trophy. So we guessed that right. Um, wow, <laughs> we, guess, we guessed that right. Um, we were right about four debut GP winners. Sean Gill was indeed the um, highest finishing yes. podium runner out of the um, out of the three podium dudes. Um, we got Loudon right for NASCAR. We got Matty Brabham right for the IndyCar third generation question. Fittipaldi was Newey's first job in F1. We were right. It, the, the Perez, Hulkenberg, Ricardo, and Grosjean all joined the three-digit club. Um, Kvyat did score points three times for Toro Rosso. Um, Kamish, we were we were right of our guess. He did only <laughs> finish on the podium twice. Um, I mentioned European Formula 3. mentioned Plato. 
Um, skipping down the list, Latvala's last worst W season since 2007. That was right. Wow. Um, we were right about Will Stevens. We were right about Poland. It was Glock in the yellow <laughs> BMW. Um, there was five British GP3 wow. winners, not four. Um, Volvo's one win in the WTCC was in China, mm. not Slovakia. Um, we gave James Cole too much credit. His best finish was 12th in Formula Ford this year. Um, we were right about Honda. They did indeed win half the Grand Prix this season in MotoGP, 9 out of 18. Um, Felix Rockenfish drove nine different cars this year. Holy we were a bit out on damn. this one. Nine. Okay, and also running down to the British GP3. Unless they're counting someone I'm not seeing. Like, I just Googled it. Okay, Matt Perry, Jake Hughes, Jack Aiken, Jake Dennis, and yeah, they seem to be counting someone as British that's not British. <laughs> right, like who? Um, maybe it was Alexander Albin, who was... Yeah, Albin is a Thai citizen, but he was born in London, so they may... Oh, for yeah. God's sake. <laughs> That doesn't count. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. 39, yep, yeah, Lopez was us F single C project, was the US F1 project. Um, Alada started the WTCCC season, okay. season, season on pole. Um, uh, Guido Vandegaard drove an AC Cobra. Okay. <laughs> um, Nicholas Gilsell did indeed, was the co driver to finish second in the WRC. Yay, process um, of elimination. <laughs> yay. Actually, we were wrong about PK in Hong Kong. It was it was his first pole position of the series. Wow. Okay, we were wrong about that. It was not next next. Like, you know why? Because he was champion when he drove for next Dev. They switched sponsors mid season. That just uh, it just came into my mind now. Remember? Yeah, I just they, I just didn't assume that like they counted the team as next Dev. <laughs> I guess that, yeah, because they they changed the team name mid season. Um, that's the it. Yep, Lacey did join the driver okay. academy. Yep, um, Bonanomi. Yep, two thousand and nine for his first return to single seaters. Um, the last driver to retain BTCC titles was actually Fabrizio Giovinardi. Um, well, well remembered, King. We was indeed Maverick in the <laughs> yes. RS, who had who had sixteen straight wow. point finishes. Um, in that season. Um, yep, New Garden got the uh, Foyt Trophy for best oval performer. Um, the Hurricane took the most amount of GT3 wins in the British GT title this year, and the did the manufacturer that did not win a endurance championship race was Porsche. Damn it! <laughs> not Aston Martin. So if 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 you if you haven't played along already, um, let us know how you do in the comments. Please, please do better than thirty. Um, uh, it was, it was hard. It was genuinely hard. <laughs> it, it, wasn't joking. I think if it wasn't for you, we probably would have got about fifteen. <laughs> My God. Um, yeah, we haven't exactly coated ourselves in glory here, but I don't think, given how hard it was, um, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll, I will take that indeed. Um, Okey doke. Um, Let's move on, and after this musical interview, we will go through the Eurosport Top 50. God damn it, we suck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, we, we got more than 25. We beat 50%. <laughs> 
Oh, good. <laughs> we will take that, I suppose. Um, great. Okay. Okay, now, here's the next fun segment here. We're going to be taking a little look at Autosport ranking their top 50 motorsport drivers of the season. Now, what will make this interesting is that King, who is an Autosport Plus subscriber, has the full list. I have not seen this list. I only know who is number one because it was on the front of their magazine, and that was obviously Daniel Ricciardo, and we'll get to that later. But obviously, I think we'll go from 50 to 1, yeah. go that way because yeah. it's a bit more fun. But again, uh, the reactions you'll be hearing from me are absolutely genuine. I'm sure King will mention any interesting tidbits in their uh, interviews about sections and reviews and whatnot. Um, so that that could be interesting, yeah. but so we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Um, we're gonna kind of we're gonna, we're gonna try and wing this and just play it by ear, and we'll see how it goes. But this should be quite fun. Um, Okay, King, from from the top, number 50. Number 50, okay, down 45 spots on last year. Oh, wow. Stoffel Van Doorn. Ooh, well, not really his fault having to go to Japan after winning the GP2 titles. He was the best junior driver in the world last year. Um, yeah, he was number five was- on the list last year. Uh, this year, he finished fourth in Super Formula and scored a point in his one-off Formula One race, f- replacing Nando. Fifty sounds a bit harsh to me. Yeah, very harsh. Uh, they did a little. They did like three question Q and A. They talked about some of the challenges that he faced, and one of the things that he mentioned was very difficult with his transition to Japan was communication. It was really hard for him to work with his team because he could only speak to like his race engineer and his team manager because those were the only two people who knew English. Oh, Jesus. Not helpful. Um, but he said, it was, yeah. he said it was, you know, very useful to learn how they work in Japan and it'll probably be useful inform- like useful knowledge for him to take to Formula One when he works with the Honda engineers who work with McLaren. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Got you on that one. Yeah, so yeah, you know, learning experience for stuff more than anything else. I still think that's a, a harsh fall though from 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 what was it five to forty five. Five I mean, to fifty. Five to fifty, yeah. So down forty five spots. Okay. Yeah. Next. Yeah. Uh he wasn't on the list last year, but he was on the list a previous year, number forty nine, second in the Italian super uh, second in the Australian Supercars Championship, Jamie Wincup. I don't know why I want to say Italian. <laughs> Uh, whoa, that's 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 quite the stretch there. Um, yeah, okay. Um, I know Win Cup is like the glorified pound for pound king of um, V8 supercars, essentially um, over there. So again, can't say I'm surprised. Um, it seems about right from where I'm sitting. Yeah, I think um, they mentioned that it was odd to say that he had a strong 2016 because he finished second in the championship to his teammate Adam Johnson's boy SVG. <laughs> SVG, Shane Van Gisberg, I'm sure, I'm sure he's probably on this list a little bit further down the line somewhere. But um, yeah, Wing Cup 49, okay, not much to say Not much to say there. Next. Okay, down 10 on last year's position, number 48, Felix Rosenquist. Driver for hire himself. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, Felix of like, 48. They have a, like small blurbs on like, just like, 
a little tweet about what they did this year, and it's usually their position in the championship, but not for Felix Rosenquist. For Rosenquist, they list wins in, in Indy Lights and Blanc Pen Sprint Cup, and quote, Mr. Versatile. Mr. Versatile. <laughs> Yeah, I call him driver for hire. Um, yeah, that seems seems about right to me. Okay, cool. Next. Yep. 47, 15th in the Formula One World Championship and down 12 positions on last year, Jensen Button. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, JB, I mean, he wasn't that great to begin with going into this season and Alonso comprehensively beat him from pillar to post this year. So, um, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm fine with that. JB down, was it 15 spots, did you say? Uh, or 10 spots? 12 spots. 12. So, yeah, he was, what, 35th last year? Yeah. Yeah, seems about right. Okay. okay. 46, down 27 spots on last year. Ooh. Fifth in LMP1 this year. And second in Super Formula, Andre Lauder. Yikes. Um... Not again. Not really his own fault, given that given Audi rushed their car forward this year, and the struggles <laughs> of that have been well known. They they um, rushed their car forward this year just to later eventually pull out, which is like just mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, that really didn't go to plan, did it? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's a shame. Um, yeah, again, not much more to say on that one. Yeah. But again, make makes sense. Just a, a, a more like a Laura was seemingly more a victim of circumstance than anything else. Okay, next up. Okay, down fourteen spots. Then on his position last year and fourth in the IndyCar series this year, number forty-five, Joseph Newgarden. No way. Yep. <laughs> How on <laughs> earth is Newgarden down after last year? <laughs> Uh, wh- what is this nonsense? Okay, minor spoiler. New Garden's in my top ten this year. <laughs> How is New Garden that like in the mid forties? That's nonsense. You're, you're gonna like you really when you go through the entire list. You're gonna see all of Autosports' like series biases, the series that they love, and the series that they don't like. And it's there's some surprising like things you wouldn't like expect. You're gonna notice it when we get. To the top ten, you're gonna realize which series Autosports really does enjoy. Okay, okay, yeah, I think New Garden being that low is horseshit, but um, there you have it. I, uh, that's really annoying, but there you go. Okay, New Garden in the mid forties, great. Next, okay, uh, I think the next couple are like just fillers because they kind of just have like one paragraph descriptions. Uh, Forty four, mm-hmm. uh, second in the Blanc Pond Sprint Cup and first in the German GT Masters Series. First time on the list, number forty four, Christopher Mees. Okay, sure. Okay, forty three, eighth. Eighth in the World Rally Championship. First time on the mm-hmm. list. Um, Octanic. Okay, that's definite filler. <laughs> Next. Uh, <laughs> British Touring Car Champion, number 42, up one spot on last year, Gordon Shedden. Wow. So you've won back-to-back Touring Car <laughs> Championships, and you're only at the 42 <laughs> spot, and, you, and you're an auto-sport guy? Okay. Like, again... Uh, let it be known I don't watch British touring cars and even I think that's shit um, yeah. no Shedden's got to be a lot higher than 42 because he's won back to back titles for the first time in years 
um, and Autosport is ultimately a British organisation. How can you have your biggest national series champion back to back be forty second? That's nonsense. Okay. Um, yep. Should be should be top twenty five at least. Yep. Back on the list. World the World Rally Cross champion, seventh in DTM this year, number forty one, Matthias Ekstrom. Ekstrom above Shed. <laughs> oh man, I'm not sure I'd go that far. Um okay. Seems about right. Um did, did is that a pretty good calendar year? Has just gotten around a lot as well this year in a good in a good sense as well. Yeah, okay, I think, I think cool. it's a situation where Ekstrom feels like he's in the right spot, but Shedden isn't. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, because, like, Shen makes Ekstrom look worse than what he actually is in this spot. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, okay. Number 40, first time in the list, winner of this year's Rolex 24 at Daytona and 12 Hours of Sebring, fourth in the WEC LMP2 category, Pippo Durrani, number 40. The Beast! The Beast. <laughs> Pippo Narani and the the pick that made everybody go wow at the first international fantasy draft. Yeah, Durrani was a goddamn hero for a lot of for a lot of this year. Um yeah, very, very cool. Um, um some amazing drives in, in Rolex. This, the the Long Twenty Four was the standout for me. That was really cool. Um yeah, okay. Yep. Cool. Sounds, sounds about Fair right spot. to me. Uh, okay, up eight spots on last year, second in the world endurance GT class, fourth in Formula E this well, last year. Um number thirty nine, Sam Bird. Mm, okay. Yeah, to um, say that I wouldn't say that Bird was like I would ha- rather have it swapped that Durrani was thirty nine and Bird was forty. I think Durrani had a better calendar year than Bird did. Um, well, okay, we'll have to see where the other Formula E guys stack up before I really pass judgment oh. on that. But um, uh, spoiler: it's going to be a while till we see the other Formula E guys. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> okay, next. <laughs> okay, in his final season, up six spots on last year, fourth in the World Endurance Championship, number thirty-eight, Mark Weber. Yeah. Um, okay, Porsche. We all know Porsche already are like the dominant force in the WEC right now, and Weber had a very good year. Didn't didn't get the there wasn't on the Le Mans winning team, but obviously championship winning WEC crew this year again. So yeah, seems about right. I'm okay with that. Okay. Okay. So feel free, feel free to chime in where you, where you feel like as well, King. If you want to provide extra context, yeah. But like these couple of past picks there really hasn't been any more context to add even like autosport yeah. has not really added much context themselves sure you're just gonna stick this guy here because fuck it yeah sure why not yeah. after uh, not being on don't. the list last year he returns after placing sixth in this year's formula one world championship number 37 kimmy raikkonen raikkonen did have a pretty good year in f1 this year like like I think it's not been talked about enough. I mean, Raikkonen was seems to have finally got on the hang of these hybrids. So, given his improvement this year, and we out-qualified Sebastian Vettel, and overall had a pretty solid season, yeah, I'm okay with Raikkonen there. Now, this t- they kind of listed this as a double pairing, and it isn't right. surprising. Like, they clearly listed one above the other, but it seems like they really wanted to put them equal. 
Okay, they're both new entries on the list. Number 36, um, European Formula 3 champion, Lance Stroll, and also new entry on the list, number 35, GP3 champion, Charles Leclerc. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Now, now you mention it. Now you mention the names. Um, do you really want to get into the controversial <laughs> position of naming one junior series better than the other? Um, even though you can make the argument European Formula Three has been a lot more successful in that regard lately. Um, yeah, again, again, it depends on how how highly do you value the junior titles. The problem with that is, is that last year you had Stoffel Van Dorn in the friggin' five spots. So. Um, that could be a problem. Yeah. Um, they have one quote from Felix Rosenquist about Lance Stroll, and it's very interesting, where uh, Felix says, he comes from a rich background, which comes with a lot of pressure. People will always have a negative starting view of him. I think he went against that, and he went through all that and nailed it. Sure. Yeah, it makes a lot, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's gotten to a point where people were actually defending Lance Stroll despite the fact he's got money. Yep, and continuing on... He works harder than me. He's very committed. He's a really nice kid, and everyone who gets the chance to sit down with him for 10 minutes would understand that. I think he'll do really well in Formula One and will surprise a lot of people. Oh, what a lovely endorsement from Felix. Yeah. What a nice man. Um, okay, yeah, I'm okay with that. Again, it comes down to what it really boils down to is how highly do you value these junior series. And like I said, the problem that they're going to have with this is that Again, they had Stoffel Van Dorn friggin' five last year and he, for winning the GP2 title, which is ultimately a junior title. Yeah, it's the biggest of the bunch, but it's still a junior title. Um, but okay, seems about right. 35 and 36, for what it's worth, that seems about right um, to have to have them there. Again, could be wrong. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, seems, seems okay. Yeah, okay. Down 25 spots on last year, 19th in the Formula One World Championship, number 34 on the list, Pascal Verline. They had Verline that high last year? Yeah, they did. They did. Fucking hell. <laughs> they had Verline in the top 10. Yeah, oh they had God. Verline in the top 10. Okay, that is crazy, um, first of all. <laughs> but, um, yeah, okay, Verlund, that seems like a much more reasonable spot. I know Verlund's had a bit of a hard rap after this F1 season has ended, but 34 seems about right, had an excellent F1 season this year, um, scored Manor's only second ever point in F1. It's easy to forget that, um, given all the hype about Esteban Ocon lately, but Verlund did have an excellent rookie season, so, I mean... They shouldn't have had him as high as nine last year to begin with, but thirty-four seems seems about right. So yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, okay. Anything anything to add there, King? Because I know you're, you're you're a German guy. Yeah, uh, I would say it's fair. Like last year, even I thought it was inflated to have like ninth. And oh, 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 you reckon? Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. Like I know he was DTM champion, but do you really value DTM that highly? <laughs> Yeah, like, like top 10 on the planet worthy? Like, no way. Um, okay, yep, yeah, fair enough. Um, who's next, then? Okay, it seems like another bunch of filler numbers. Well, for the next one, 33 and 32. They're both re-entries on the list. 33, second in DTM last year, Eduardo Montero. And 32... Sure. Also re-entry, as I mentioned earlier, uh, third in the GT class of the World Endurance Championship, James Collado. Okay, 
Yeah, seems about filler. That, that's again that makes that makes that makes sense. Uh, I'm okay with that. Cool. Yeah. Okay, 31, up two spots on last year, two outings in Formula E, and World Touring Car Champion, Jose Maria Lopez. Ah, Lopez. Okay, yeah, again, can't really argue with this one. I'm guessing there's going to be some more egregious ones later. Yeah, Yeah, because we're we're just flying through champions like nothing right now. Yeah, yeah, like, again, like, again, how much do you value the World Touring Car Champion? I mean, if you're going to have the British Champion at 42, having Lopez about there as the World Champion, again, seemingly makes sense. That seems about right. Yeah. So, sure. Okay, now we are in the top 30, and things are going to get interesting. Number okay. number 30, re-entry on the list, so he wasn't on the list last year. 10th in the Blanc Pond Sprint Cup, 12th in Formula E. Number 30, Robin Friends. Oh. Mm. Friends did have his moments in Formula E this past season, but I'm not sure I'd go as high as 30. That seems a little bit on the steep side to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I really want to say, like, if I had to move him down, I would probably replace him with maybe Verline. Yeah, maybe mid-30s would be about right. I think 30s a little too high. Yeah. Okay, down five on last year, fourth in the World Endurance Championship, LMP1 category, number 29, Timo Bernard. Uh, twenty nine. Oh man, that's you getting. So you getting into the you getting into the business end of things now. Yeah. And twenty nine again. How much do you want to value that series? Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately- like what uh, they have three driver. Like you have three driver crews in LMP one. He finished fourth in championship, so you could easily say that nine drivers were better than him, and he was equal to two other guys. And yeah, he's 29th overall. That seems that when you put it like that, that seems really that seems really steep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, steep. But then you consider that where Weber is. Also, yeah, <laughs> good point. Um, yeah, given the Weber, like how high, how much higher could you put him, given where you put Mark Weber? Yeah. <laughs> now, next guy, first time on the list. I'm kind of sad to see how low he is on this list. Johnson would probably be having a fit right now if he is... Gisberg? Yes. Oh. Black Fan Endurance Championship, first in Australian supercars, winner of the 12 hours at Bathurst, number 28, Shane Van Gisbergen. Like, there's a serious <laughs> argument that Shane Van Gisbergen should be in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, that seems very low um, for SVG. He's had a fantastic year, one of the real stars of the year in terms of guys in motorsport. So to have him like high 20s seems a little... No, it actually seems very low to me, actually. <laughs> yeah, he won uh, Red Bull. He won his first Supercar Championship. He's actually the first Kiwi to win the title in 25 years. Wow. And I, he's actually one of the guys that actually took time out and got a Q&A with for this list. 
Sure. But I, it's it's mainly like just uh, questions about his year, not like really overarching, but, but really specific questions like how he felt about his win at Bathurst, the 12 hours and the how similar how like how it's it's different to drive Bathurst in a V8 supercar and, and in a McLaren GT3. Nothing really yeah. like groundbreaking. I gotcha. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, again, I think, I think it's a, I think it's a low pick. I think I think yeah. it should be higher. Yeah. Actually, one question I gotta mention: How many flight sure. boarding passes did he have in 2016? And he's he's probably got a yeah. Go on, go on. <laughs> last race, flight to Sepang for the 12 hour finale, and he says he was on boarding pass 99. Yikes! <laughs> That's a lot of flying. 99 like he lived on planes this year <laughs> holy shit uh, yeah okay again like I said before I think that's a I think that's a very low pick for Shane um, next up yep okay new entry on the list again uh, one of the perennial GT aces and fifth in the world endurance championship LMP2 category number 27 Rene Rast okay yeah yeah Seems about right. Like again, um, like you really put Rast ahead of of SVG. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it, it make it makes it's going to make the next four or five guys look really stupid by having Van Gisberg that low. Um, but yeah, that's you, you're 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 putting yourself in 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 some hot water here on this one. But um, yeah. Yeah. Now the next one seems to be filler because they felt like they were obligated to put this person here. Go on. Uh, number twenty-six, second in the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series, same position as he was last year. Joey oh, wow. Joey Logano. Yeah, Logano again. He's we know he's pretty much an elite driver in NASCAR now, and again was was unfortunate not to have won the spring cup this year given the circumstances but yeah again seems about right um no major issues there again it's again it's the van gisberg that's gonna make <laughs> yeah. these ones look so stupid now yeah. that's the problem with yep. this because under any other things i'd have been like okay logano's there that seems about right but now it's like oh god really it's more like <laughs> Where would you like you're, you're as we move up? It's like where would you slot an SVG now? Because you know SVG like in your in your chest you have that feeling that SVG is better than that guy. He had a better year than that guy. Yes, that's 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 what I'm starting to think now. But yeah, carry on, man. Okay, now we're in the top twenty-five, and here we have a new entry on the list, second in GP two this year. Twenty-five, Antonio Giovinazzi. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like again. But again, like you, 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 again. One, you could argue Van Gisberg had a better year. Two, what is he doing that low? If you had Stoffel <laughs> Van Dorn fifth last year, <laughs> uh, because like I know Gasly won the title, but every the name that was on everybody's lips coming out of GP2 this year was Giovinazzi. Yeah. Because over Gasly, because so, Giovinazzi was a rookie. Yeah, I mean. Like you know, when a rookie is finishing that close to the title in GB two, he's probably a freak. Um, again, should probably be a little bit higher in the context of the list and what you've done before it. But again, Van Gisberg would probably be higher than him under normal circumstances. So, yeah, um, <sighs> not ideal. 
And again, okay, re-entry on the list. The DTM champion, number 24, Marco Wittmann. Okay, so Wittmann was 24, right? Yeah, Wittmann's 24. And- so what the hell was Pascal Verlein doing ninth last year? <laughs> that hype, the hype train. The hype train and the fact he was young. Oh, jeez. See, this is the proof the motorsport's getting a hard on over these young'uns these days. I bet you Esteban Ocon's in the top 20 or some really terrible ranking like that. Yeah, the crazy thing, like, oh. this is Vitamin's second title in three years. And he's only 24 on this list? Yeah, he's only 24. Like, again, this, he's... The only reason it's the second title in three years because in that middle year, Pascal won the title. This is dumb. <laughs> See, like he's, so he's the pound for pound king of DTM, and you had Verline ninth last year, and you've got him twenty third. Like the number one dude in DTM right now, pound for pound. Yeah, come on now. Okay, <laughs> now we got uh, twenty three. Fourth in the the fourth in the WEC LMP1 category, teammate to Timo Bernard, Brendan Hartley up twenty seven spots on last year. Okay, so what do you do to get up to get the twenty two spot bump? Uh, don't know. <laughs> That's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, like they have him listed here. Hartley was probably on average, the fastest Porsche LMP one driver in 2016, but he lacks behind Neil, Neil Liani in, in this list courtesy due to one area of judgment. The st- at right at the start of the year, the GTAM car, which tangled with it, which he tangled had the, had the right to use every bit of road around Silverson's quick farm left hander. It was a costly error and it, and it, cost Hartley uh, but I mean you're really gonna penalize him for having that but he's still like he was 50 last year and he was 23 this year <laughs> oh we hurt him so much for that drop by bumping him up 27 <laughs> spots <laughs> okay <laughs> whatever you say <laughs> um, yeah horseshit uh, um, okay again his spot seems about right because he probably yeah. was the standout guy out of the Porsches this year yeah. sure I get that yeah. but what the hell was he doing so low to begin with then? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have another double placing, which is fair. This mm-hmm. one's fair. Okay. Number 22, seventh in the Formula One World Championship, up five spots on last year, Sergio Perez, 20 and Ooh. 21. Num- ninth in the Formula One Championship, up four spots on last year, Nico Hulkenberg. So again, they have. They have Hulkenberg above Perez. Yeah, they have Hulkenberg above Perez for wow. the second year running. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting because, like, Perez has beaten Hulkenberg pretty convincingly the last two years now, and yet they're still not willing to put him above his own teammate, let alone the top 20. Because for me, like, for what it's worth, Perez is in my top 10. And I think Perez has had a bloody brilliant season. And like the only reason we're not talking about it more is because we're used to him being this good in midfield machinery. But 21 for Perez and a below Hulkenberg? Yeah. That seems... I think I think that's too low and I think Hulkenberg's too high. Yeah, and they have like a little... Like, if, if you... Admittedly, some of the interviews, it's worth getting Auto Plus, like Autosport Plus for, because they have a... 
cute little dual Q&A with both uh, Perez and Hulkenberg where I, oh, I think yeah? one, one thing I'm going to give you for free where it's like uh, the interviewer says, and of course, next year you're breaking up the dream team, Hulkenberg. And then Hulkenberg replies, yeah, we need a divorce settlement. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Those two have been beating the piss out of each other for three years anyway. So, uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, again, I think Perez is too low, and I, and I think Hulkenberg is too high, especially given the recent run of form between those two. I get why to put them together. It does make sense, but for me, it doesn't make sense if that, yeah. if that also it, makes it, it, sense. It makes sense that they put them together, but it, it doesn't make sense that they're so low. Agreed. But I think you'll start to realize why they're so low as we continue on, because Go on. now that we're in the top 20... Down eight spots on last year, six in the IndyCar Uh-oh. Championship, which, again, why is he here and not Newgarden? But, yeah, you forget it. Number 20, Scott Dixon. What? <laughs> they slashed Dixon? <laughs> yeah. Again, Dixon is probably the pound-for-pound pound king of IndyCar. Like, I know this was his weakest season in a decade god um but even so i wouldn't want to put dixon as low as what was it 20 yeah, 20. You said that? yeah. fucking hell i mean it, um, it 20 seems fair but like the people around him make it look worse than it actually is i'm sure we'll get to that in a minute actually no the people lower than him like once we move on like we really get into the sharp end of things real quick Okay, so Dixon's at 20. That doesn't seem too bad because this was his weakest IndyCar season for some time. Next. Okay, up three spots on last year. World Endurance Championship winner. um, Winner of the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Number 19, Neil Yanni. Yeah, again, he's had these back-to-back major successes. Again, winning the World Endurance Championship and now having the 24 Hours to his name as well for this year. Yeah, seems about right. I'm okay with that. Okay, this one is a bit head-scratchy for me, but then I realize it's Autosport Magazine. Up 18 spots on last year, ninth in the World Rally Championship, number 18, Chris Meek. What? Yeah. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, And it feels like they put him here solely because he won a rally, which... I mean, I mean, Meek had a good year, but it's like, it's kind of like he's the next big British hope in rallying, so they felt a bit obligated. Bullshit. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's far too high for Meek, given the names that, again, Van Gisberg should be higher than him. Yeah. So, so we're already at Van Gisberg being about nine places too low as it is. It's probably going to be a couple more, by, I reckon, by the time this list is done. But I mean, like um, the place where they have Meek sandwiched in between, you're just like, why? Speaking of which. Yep. Re-entry on the list. NASCAR Sprint Cup champion for the seventh time. Number 17, Jimmy Johnson. Are you serious? Yep. But Chris Meek is in between the Le Mans winning World Endurance Champion and the seven-time reigning NASCAR Sprint Cup Champion. So he's behind... He's in the middle of arguably the best IndyCar driver of the last 15 years and arguably 
the best NASCAR driver of the last 15 years. Yeah, and all Meek did was win two rallies this year. Kiss my arse, <laughs> Autosport. That's horse manure. What the hell, man? Okay, Johnson should probably be a little bit higher than that, given NASCAR's ridiculous formats and the difficulty in being consistent. Um, Jimmy Johnson is just transcendent in terms of NASCAR and just brilliance. Um, so, yeah, I think it's not egregious too much. I think it's a little low. Not, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, it feels low. It really does feel low because it's a little low. Sixteen re-entry on the list. GP two champion Pierre Gasly. Gasly, Gasly sixteen. Gasly sixteen. And, and again, Stoffel was five last year. So what was was, was Stoffel that dominant in your eyes that you warranted a top five spot? I mean, Gasly. Okay, Gasly didn't start well, but Gasly finished very well. Yeah, indeed. Gasly finished very well. He really had to fend off Giovinazzi to win that championship. Yeah. Um, okay. Again, if you're going to put the number one junior driver just outside the top fifteen, I'm okay yeah. with that. But above Jimmy Johnson. Probably not. Now, this is probably going to rustle a couple of Jimmys because re-entry on this list, third in the NASCAR Sprint Cup Championship this year, number 15, Kyle Busch. Wait a minute! (laughs) Kyle Busch didn't even make the list last year and he won the championship. So so what did he do to warrant a 35-plus place overhaul? So was that the way of saying we fucked this up last year? I think so. I really think so. That they really hated the fact that Kyle Busch kind of bent the rule, like NASCAR bent the rules of the chase to allow Kyle Busch to be eligible because he was like the most eligible guy not to be eligible because he wasn't in every single race. Bollocks. That is complete horseshit. Like, okay, not so much the fact that he's 15th, but more the fact that he wasn't on the list last year and now you've put him back in. The context behind it is stupid. Yeah. Really stupid. Um, Okay, fine. Yeah, it's like uh, this little entry is... At one time, he was NASCAR's most controversial and derisive driver. He kind of still yep. is, but now, yeah, pretty much. now he has established himself as one of the best. Um, not really. He was kind of already one of the best. Again, this is not new information. <laughs> he, like, they even mentioned he entered the season as the reigning champion, but, like, he wasn't on the list last year. Ugh, just... That is such a dumb context for that inclusion. And again, <laughs> here we go. Re-entry on the list. Wasn't on the list last year. Second in the IndyCar Series Championship. Number 14, Will Power. How was he not on the list? <laughs> <laughs> what? <sighs> no, 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 no. Okay, again, Will Power is in my top 10. Um, okay. Power being 14th isn't that egregious. But again, why was he not on the list last year? When he was third. And he suddenly, <laughs> when he was third. It, when he was third, when he's been arguably the most consistent man in IndyCar for the last five seasons. Like, I think it really shows how, like, Autosport has changed their focus on which series they care about and which series they don't care about. Last year, they c- couldn't care less about America. <laughs> 
And now they've just bumped the Americans back into the list. Like, oh my god, that is ridiculous. Okay, Power at 14 isn't stupid, but the reasoning behind it, again, that's stupid. Yeah. Um, okay, that's fine. Next. Okay, down six spots on last year. Eighth in the Formula One World Championship this year. Number 13, Valtteri Bottas. Wow, Bottas at 13. Um... It's fair. More, like I'd, it's it's fair. It's fair. I mean, it's it seems like it was again more a victim of Williams' lack of success this year, more than anything else. We know, but we know Bottas is a, is a great driver, and the car is there. The car wasn't there this year. Nowhere yeah. near. Finger, but, fingers um, crossed, he'll have a car that's there next year. <laughs> oh, I think he's got a good chance of that. Just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. Um, okay. Next one, you're not going to be so pleased with. <laughs> Oh, I think I know where this is going, but carry on. <laughs> Down 10 spots on last year. Fourth in the Formula One World Championship. Number 12, Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> Outside the top 10. Yep. Okay, was, to be was fair. Two he, last year. he was two last year. <laughs> to be fair, he was arguably driver of the year last year, so two was actually probably reasonable for motorsport last year. Down 10... Okay, he wasn't great this year. I'm not denying that. He wasn't in my top 10 either. But if you've put him at two last year, his season wasn't that bad. He was the biggest victim of Ferrari fuckery this season by a, by a country mile compared to Kimi Raikkonen from the, from the bad strategy calls to the Bahrain engine blow up to the again, another tactical misfire in Canada. You get the gist. Like... Ferrari got the right Vettel got the rough end of the stick from Ferrari this year. Um that's why I kind of just made him exempt from all those top those top tier lists. Twelve isn't terrible, but again, when you had him at two, can you really justify taking him down ten spots for a lukewarm season as opposed to a bad one? I just uh, I just dunno. I, I I don't know on that one. I think that's a I think that's a bit harsh. Yeah, uh, okay. Number 11, up three spots on last year. Third in the World Endurance GT category, John Maria Bruni. Bruni above Sebastian Vettel. Uh, I would say, like, Yikes. saying that he was third in the, like, GT category is kind of a bit low because the only reason he ended up third is because he he, he didn't finish Spa Allermond like the rest of the season he didn't finish off of the podium okay he had a great year yeah that is true um yeah okay seems about right yeah I think it's into the top yeah, 10 I think I it's think like a little year. like finger waving at the WEC for like why is I, it's understandable why Mans double points but yeah he had a great year but only finished his third yeah, okay. In that context, fine. That, 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 that I understand. Cool. Into the top 10. Yep, top 10. And number 10 on the top 10. Up 29 spots on last year. 12th in the Formula One World Championship. Number 10. Carlos? Carlos Sainz Jr. Oh, great. I'm, 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 I, I, he's in my top 10 as well, and I'm very happy that Autosport's giving him the recognition he deserves. He was tremendous this season in Formula One. One of the drivers of the year in any format. Um, very nearly one-hour award for driver of the year. Um, yeah, Carlos Sainz, that seems just about perfect for him. Top 10 spot, well-deserved. He was excellent this season. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Carlos Sainz at 10, cool. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, number nine, re-entry on the list. Um, this year's IndyCar champion, Simon Pagano. Wow. Okay, I'm glad he's in there. Okay, quick spoiler question. Is there any IndyCar driver higher than him? Uh, let me run down. No, he's the highest IndyCar driver on the list. Okay, okay. Um, interesting. I'll, I'll tell you why it's interesting <laughs> in, a, in a minute. I'm not going to spoil it yeah, for yeah. you, but it's interesting. It's, it's, let me just tell you who the two next picks are, because they kind of also made these another double pick section. Cool. Okay, number eight, second in the Formula E Championship, second in the World Endurance LMP1 category, up 13 spots on last year, Lucas Degrassi, and at number seven, mm. and at number seven, up nine spots on last year, eighth in the World Endurance Championship LMP1 category, Formula E champion, Sebastian Buemi. So the Formula E guys are eight and nine, oh, sorry, eight, sorry, seven and eight respectively, but above Simon Pagano. <laughs> yep. Okay, what what are these guys smoking? No, 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 no. Okay, Lucas is understandable. He's, he's a bit more of a pound-for-pound pound guy yeah. given the strength of value this year. Lucas, I can understand to a degree. I still think that's a bit high for Lucas. But Buemi, who won this, is like, okay, if you're going to have Buemi that high for winning the Formula E title, which I still i am not sure just how prestigious <laughs> that actually is at this point, um... That seems a little high yeah, to me. Yeah, like, if I had to keep them in the top 10, like, they would be 10 and 9, respectively, and I would have Pagano 7 and, like, Carlos Sainz 8th. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that, that would make more sense to me. Okay. Fair enough. If they, if, they, if, they, if they want to think that Formula E is that prestigious, then go for it. But I think that's a little high. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number six on the list, up seven spots on last year, 10th in the Formula One World Championship, Fernando Alonso. <laughs> we're not going to let this Nando thing go, are we? Nope, they're not letting this Nando thing go. <laughs> okay, I've said it before, and I will say it again. If you believe Fernando Alonso is that good a driver then you're perfectly entitled to believe that. But you've kind of got to admit here that you're guessing. Yeah. Because Alonso has not had a competitive car for three and a half seasons now. Um, I'm not saying Alonso isn't great, because he is. Yeah, because this is best drivers of this year. You're basing Alonso's like, skill and ability off of prior years. Exactly. I still think with Alonso, we're dining on past glory. And I think that's the big problem with him. If you're like, you're telling me that, that, that Alonso, who is like the ultimate we dine on the past guy in modern F1, was twice as good a position as Sebastian Vettel was, who was number two on the list last year. Alonso's season was great. It was not in my top five for F1 this, this, this year. And again... How much credit do you want to give him for driving a mediocre McLaren? Yeah, like, like, like the reason, like, with Buemi, they had him as high as seventh because the first thing they listed was him losing Lamana the like the last lap. Yeah, <laughs> why are you mentioning like like, that, like that's his fault or something? Now, now with Alonso, it's like, yeah, it's it's they start off. How frustrating is it to drive an inconsistent midfield car? Like. 
Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they're dining on the past with Alonso, like a lot of his fan base does. Um, again, like I said, if you genuinely think Alonso is that great, then fine. More power to you. I just can't get behind that. I just can't. I, 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 I can't. I can't put a, a, a solid number on Alonso's value when you consider the cars he's driven in the last three and a half years. Ferrari, when he was there the last year, they declined in the second half of the season quite badly. They fell to third in the constructors. And the McLaren-Honda experiment's been nothing but a bust so far. And yet we're still putting Nando in the top six. Nah, I can't do it. Nah. I can't do it with Nando. I can't do it. I just can't. It, like the, There's too much water under that bridge for me. <laughs> yep, now we're getting into the real sharp end of business. Top five. Top five. Okay, number five. Down one spot on last year. Formula One world champion, Nico Rosberg. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, okay, answer this for me, King. Yeah. How can you win the greatest championship in motorsport and move down a position? <laughs> um, looking at the list, it's probably due to outside factors down to like one Dutch kid, but that's that's it. It's because of one Dutch kid. <sighs> Even then, it's like if, if you, know you look is? at the, you know what it yeah, is. Yeah, if you look at the list, it, everyone in the top five was there last year, but like moved down a position just to slot one Dutch kid in. Hmm. I wonder who that is. <laughs> um, okay. I'll say this. I don't believe that champions, that the F1 world champion should automatically be number one. This is coming from a guy whose driver of the seasons in Formula One has not been the world champion since 2013. So I'd be a hypocrite to, to to call that an issue. But this was Nico Rosberg's best season in Formula One. And you have him lower and on I, the list than last year where he did not win the and, championship. Yeah, and we were all burying him for basically being a bottler. I just, I, I, I don't understand that logic. And especially when you consider the fact, you know what it is? He's been penalized for driving a Mercedes. That, that's what this is. He's been penalized because he's in the best car in Formula One. And that's a shame because we never give those kind of people the credit that they deserve because we expect them to win. But Rosberg should be in the top three minimum, in my opinion. Yeah. And again, like the other guy who also got bumped down, where I'm just going to say it right now, number four, down one spot on last year, the World Rally Champion, Sebastian Ogier, who again... A lot of people say because he's in the best car and, like, what Loeb isn't around anymore. Yeah, OGA's kind of a victim of his own success here, unfortunately. He's just so bloody brilliant in rallying. He's been the dominant guy for half a decade now, and, yeah, he's being punished basically for not being Sebastian Loeb, and that's a shame. He's a victim of circumstance. We in motorsport, we don't give credit to the guys in the best seats. That's just the unfortunate reality of it. It's a shame because OGA is friggin' fantastic. But, um, yeah, that's a shame. Yep. Okay, and the guy we have all been waiting for, fifth in the Formula One World Championship, up seven spots on last year. Number three, that Dutch kid, Max Verstappen. They put him 10 last year? Yeah, they put him 10 last year. 
bullshit. Um, oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> just so much. Just so much to unpack here. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Like I'm gonna be one very quote. Cu- I'm one go- quote. I I just have on. to say on this on this little editorial we put here. There are few who balance on the knife edge between inspiration and disaster so precariously as Verstappen. I just. Oh, I I don't I don't know. Um. Okay. I guess this comes down as to how much of believer are you in Max. I think there is a argument you can make that he will... Actually, no, there isn't. And I'll tell you why there isn't an argument you can make. Because even without the four races he drove for Toro Rosso last year, he was not as good as his own teammate. Yeah. So how can he be that high up? Uh, that's the argument because I would make. Because they, there's, like, again, another quote, like Senna or Schumacher before him, Verstappen pushes the rules to their limits and dares the world to stop him. He didn't push the rules. He, bro- he broke the rules. He broke the rules. He broke the rules on numerous occasions. The stewards were just too bone idle to fucking do anything about it. No, like Verstappen did not bend the rules. He broke them so much and so hard. The FIA knew they were taking the piss, so they had to change the rules to basically open the door so Verstappen might actually get punished for something. Again, they no. they note that as the way he repeatedly jinxed sharply to block rivals in breaking zones while defending posi- while defending position earned significant criticism and gave the FIA cause to clarify its own rules regarding the ex- the acceptable bounds of defensive driving. This is not a good thing. <laughs> this is not something worth praising. Like, oh, let me get... Oh, great. The, Verstappen exposed the, sh- the, 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 F- the FIA's bullshit. Gold star. No, 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 no. Okay. Max... If Max is in the top five, I'm fine with that. That's too high, in my opinion. Yeah. And I can't put... I can't... Look, given how much I have criticised him this year for some of his behaviour this year, I'd be a hypocrite to put him that high up the list. Yeah. When I've thoroughly criticised him that much. Verstappen is in my top 10, but I did not have him as high as, was it third in this case? Yeah, third. No, not as, I don't know. I do not have him as high as that. I can't have him as high as that, given the circumstances of things. He was thoroughly outclassed by Ricardo still, especially in qualifying, and he broke the rules on several occasions. It was still a great season, but I don't have him as high as third. At least that's how I look at it. Okay. I'm going to get killed by a bunch of Dutch people now, aren't I? Probably. (laughs) Okay. Here we go. Number two, and also number two in the Formula One World Championship, down one spot on last year, Lewis Hamilton. Now... Okay, let's cut to the chase. We know Daniel Ricciardo is number one. Yeah. So we know know what the top two is. Um... Interesting they put Daniel Ricciardo above Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, um, it's it's a weird contrast where they have Rosberg fifth and Hamilton second, but then they have Ricciardo first. Yeah, okay. Ricciardo, like 2014, he was the clear best of the rest compared to everybody else in F1. But again, Red Bull clearly had the second best car, so how much credit do you really want to give Ricciardo for that? And okay... You know what it is? 
because they put Verstappen third, they had to put Daniel Ricciardo number one. It was anything else would look anything else would look silly. Yeah, because you, you you can't put Verstappen third and then put Ricciardo below him. And if you're gonna put Verstappen as high as third, you've penalised Rosberg for being in a Mercedes, so you have to put Ricciardo number one. Like by their own logic, they've written themselves into a corner, Doctor Who style, by putting Verstappen as high as three. So I get it. I get why they've done it this way. I'm not sure. Like, it's hard for me to get a read on just how good or bad Ricardo's season was because he had nobody to compete against. Yeah, yeah. Like, like he, he, he outclassed Verstappen overall, but who was he competing against? He had a couple of really good days against, against Mercedes where he only really won once on the road on merit. The other time... McLaren had a significant mechanical failure that altered the entire championship. Yeah, like just, but just he, but he probably should have won in Monaco. So yeah, just to get the formalities out the way, number one, their driver of the year, third in the Formula One World Championship, up five spots on last year, Danny Ricardo, and they have a little intro, the little like headline intro saying Rosberg won the world championship. Lewis Hamilton was the best performing Mercedes drivers overall. And Max Verstappen created the headlines as, as as his ascent to the top of single seater racing continues. But Daniel Ricciardo was the best racing driver in 2016. No, (laughs) not in my opinion. And I, and again, I think Ricciardo might uh, again, I can't say this for certain until he's in a number one car, which he never has been in his F1 career. Yeah. Ricardo might be the most complete driver in Formula One. Probably, he's got the he's got the best overtaking game right now. He's got a, he's an excellent qualifier, as proven in 2014. He out out qualified Verstappen pillar to post this year, and he's got excellent race pace and race craft. That's that's established, Ricardo. There is no hold in Ricardo's game anymore. Yeah, like if, if I had to um, give him a nickname besides a honey badger, I'd literally call him the all rounder because he is that kind of guy. He is. Like he, there is no real hold in Ricardo's game. And yeah, like small spoiler, Ricardo is third on my list. But I can understand if somebody put in number one because for me, the top three is extremely close. Um. So for me, I think that's understandable. I'm not totally against it. I don't think Ricardo is my number one, but he's close. So for me, he I think he is the complete driver in Formula One now. Um, maybe I would love to see him head against Lewis Hamilton. I think that would be incredibly interesting. Like, like um, all this talk of like Liberty Media wanting to make F1 more competitive – because I really want to see these guys have a chance to be like an IndyCar where they can really take the fight to each other on a weekly basis. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely, without question, because I think I would love to see Ricardo and Hamilton in competitive cars and see how they go ahead. Because Ricardo, he was my driver of the year in 2014. He's the press's driver of the year. I think, I think he was number one on Buxton's list as well. Um to have, I think it was certainly in the top two at worst. Um, yeah, let me. I, th- I think James Allen, I think, had him at three as well at worst. Let me, so again, like, let me check Motorsports list because Motorsport Magazine put out their top 10 Formula One drivers and see if he's number one. Go on. 
Uh, just give me a second. It's going to take a while for me to find it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, just on the whole, I think, I think Ricardo is the complete driver in Formula One. I think that he is excellent at what he does. I think he is a complete all-rounder. Um, there is just no real hole in his game. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm 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 not surprised they had Hamilton at two. Yep. I think they were always going to put Hamilton higher, but um, Hamilton. Thing is, Rosberg drove to his limit. Okay, they had Ricardo one as well. Yeah, surprise! Okay, surprise they enough. had Ricardo one, Verstappen two, Hamilton three. Wow, they're they bad. The Red Bulls one and two. Yikes! Um, again, I think Hamilton is ultimately always going to get penalized for being in the best car. Um, thing is, Hamilton made errors this year, a lot of them. Despite the people want to complain about luck, we've talked about this on the show on numerous occasions. He made errors this year. There's no getting around this. He made multiple mistakes, especially on the start line. And when you're only competing against one other car in the same ballpark as you, those mistakes become very important. So... Hamilton, I, I, I couldn't put Hamilton number one with a clear conscience. So, Ricardo is probably... If it was Ricardo and Rosberg, either of them being number one, I wouldn't complain about either. But, um, yeah, that's the list. Um, interesting, to say the least. Um, again, there were some really egregious ones in there that I think were crazy. Yeah. But, um, King... What's your top 10, then? My top 10. Want to run it down together? Start at 10? Yeah. Okay, so use your 10. Oh, my 10. Uh, I'd probably say what <gasps> I said earlier. Lucas Agrassi, number 10. That, that's fine. I mean, I admit my list is a little bit more IndyCar biased um, than yours, yeah. but that's fine. Yeah, I get that. Totally understand that one. Um, I had Joseph Newgarden at 10 because I think this was the year he kind of just proved that he really is an elite driver in IndyCar now. And the key line I remember him saying in mid-Ohio was, if only we had a little bit more. And, and and now he's got that little bit more by joining Penske. And Penske have got a proper young stud in their seat for the first time since Will Power. And I'm, I look forward to seeing how that turns out. Um, so for me, New Garden at 10. Who's your nine? Uh, my nine, uh, it probably... God, like, I, it's, it's going to kill me in the long run, but I have New Garden as my nine, to be honest. Okay, <laughs> because, okay. Oh, so God, because for some reason, either, like, I omitted it when I made it my list, but I um, omitted willpower for some reason. <laughs> wow. King, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Like, if, if there was, like, an honorable mention, I'd probably have, like, Willpower 9 and then, like, New Garden as honorable mention as, like, 11. Okay. Sure. Sure, that works. Um, okay, I gotcha. Um, so, yeah, like that was your 9 to have New Garden. My 9 was Sergio Perez. Again, he's the best midfield driver in Formula 1. I think that's more than proven now. Um, he's beaten another brilliant driver in Nico Hulkenberg two years in a row. He, he was the big driving force for Force India, finishing fourth in the Constructors this year. Um, yeah, for me, I think Sergio Perez is, is, is my number nine. 
Um, so who do you have at eight, then, King? At eight, I have um, Antonio Giovinazzi at eight. Like, I, I wow. think he's that good. And especially, most likely, he'll probably be in GP2 again next year. So compared to what Autosport did while having, like, I think it was his third season, Stoffel Van Dorn curbs off the field and they put him fifth. True. Um, yeah, I think Giovinazzi probably has more natural talent than Pierre Gasly does at this point. Yeah. Um, again, he wasn't on my list, but um, again, understandable. I think there's I think there's an argument you can make there, sure. Um, as the best junior driver in the world right now, um, yeah, sure. I can I can I, I can see you on that. My number eight was Carlos Sainz. Again, no real reason to discuss. Really, he we see he carried Toro yeah. so this year. There is no there is no other word to describe it. He carried them this year, given Kvyat's mental regression and um, the Verstappen firing and the Horlicks that Rebel put him in. Essentially, Carlos Sainz was exceptional this year, taking that car to places it, it had no right being in twenty sixteen. So for me, Carlos Sainz is my number eight pick. Um, who's your seven, King? Seven, same as Autosport, Boemi. But I think it's... Wow. I feel like it's more fitting because of the people I moved around him. Yes. Okay. Yeah, again, I didn't have any Formula E guy that high. Um, I, I just don't think it's on that I, level as a championship like, I, just yet. I think, but, like, a reason because, you know, Boemi did win the Formula E championship. He was, what, a couple of seconds away from winning Le Mans this year. Yeah, that's also true. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. Again, that's reasonable. I can't argue with that. Um, my number seven was Will Power. Um, the only other guy in the same conversation as yeah. Simon Pagano this year. And again, another excellent season from Will Power. He, again, he might be taking that Scott Dixon role as the number one pound-for-pound guy in IndyCar very soon because just he's just he's just good everywhere. He knows how to get results uh, year after year. Had that amazing second half of the season, that brilliant run of form to bring himself into title contention until he was taken out on Watkins Glen by Charlie, slightly above average Kimball um, on that one. But I think Power is quickly becoming a real force in IndyCar in terms of just consistently great results year in year out so yeah for me Will Power is 7 who did you, who did you have at your 6 Kim? my 6 that's where I put Carlos Sainz Jr wow you had him even higher than yeah. I did um, sure sure yeah I, I think I was a little low with Carlos in hindsight but um, yeah I think again I'd have no complaints about him in the top 6 um, such a good season from him um, my 6 was Sebastian Ogier okay fair um, yeah, again, he, again, you, you can't not have him in the, in the top ten. He's just so dominant in, in, in rally, and he's one of the greatest rally drivers we've ever seen. Um, again, a victim of the Loeb era, but um, still so so good, so good indeed. Um, King, your the first name of your top five. First in my top five, uh, I have uh, yeah Simon Pagano as fifth on my list. Wow. Yeah. Your your champions pick in the draft. You put fifth overall. Yeah, fifth overall because uh, I'm. Yeah, you'll see later on who I put in the top four. Okay. 
Okay, interesting. My number five was Max Verstappen. Your number five was Max for, Verstappen, okay. For aforementioned reasons. That was as high as I could conceivably put him, given the situation he was in where... Again, I've criticised him so heavily throughout this year. I could not like if on <laughs> sheer results and merit alone, he'd probably be in the top three. Given it's just his second season in F1, he's still only nineteen. But that's also part of the problem. He's still only nineteen, and, he, and you know what? He drove like a pillock a lot of the time this year. So yeah, I got, that was as high as I could realistically put him for me for those re- reasons I mentioned earlier. Your four, my four. That's where I put Verstappen. I like, admittedly, a a lot of my list was kind of trying to correct Autosports errors for me. Okay, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but um, okay, yeah. Again, mentioned same reason, similar spot. No real need for explanation there. My four was Lewis Hamilton. I had Hamilton at the four spot again. Aforementioned reasons. He, he, He took a step back this year. I don't care if he won ten races. He could have easily won 13 or 14. And, like, he made many a big boo-boo this year. The, the starts cost him the title, in my opinion. The the, the Horlicks of a Baku weekend where he drove like an idiot for the most part there. Again, the, 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 the qualifying crash and then the unable to fix his steering wheel problem. That was not a good look for Lewis at all. Yeah, he still is the fastest driver in Formula 1 without question on his day and he can still win any given Grand Prix on paper regardless of position that's that that's obvious but for me this was his worst season as a Mercedes driver since 2013 so for me I think Lewis is fourth um, your third pick that's where I have Lewis okay again similar deal so yeah, we have similar so you, you, you have Hamilton and Verstappen one spot above where I had him okay yeah I was I, I was admittedly harsh on them and I have a certain someone a bit higher on that list so we'll see how we go um so my number three was Daniel Ricciardo oh yours number three is Daniel oh yes you did mention that I did mention it a little bit earlier. My Ricardo was free. Again, talked about the reasons why earlier. But um, again, might be the most complete driver in Formula 1 right now. Um, again, like he's had three seasons in top-tier cars, and two of them have been absolutely outstanding. So it, Ricardo is doing a brilliant job of what he's been given right now. I just wish Red Bull could find a little bit more so he gets a damn chance at the world title, for God's sake. <laughs> um but yeah, um, what's your number two <laughs> my, then, King? My number two is uh, Daniel Ricardo. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that okay. So I know what your number yeah. one is then. Like, yeah. You fucking homer. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is interesting um, because my number two is Nico Rosberg. Oh, I had a feeling. I had a feeling because in my mind I was. Like, in my mind, I had uh, Rosberg and Ricardo a bit on equal footing, and me being a mm-hmm. Rosberg fan gave that little nudge. Of put- course you did. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> Every listener right now is nodding their head like, yep, I knew King would fucking have Rosberg at number one, didn't he? Of course. Um, yeah, Rosberg's your... Th- my Rosberg was my number two, and... You can probably guess who my number one is. King, I think we know what's your number one. Yes. My number one was Simon Pagano. Oh. And yes, I put an IndyCar driver on top of the list. How's that for hipsterism? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's me, hard to argue that Pagano wasn't that good. Yeah, because for me, 
What stood out was not only Pagano's complete dominance on the road and street courses, it was also just his sheer level of improvement that was what I found so impressive about his season. Because, I mean, this is a man who was driving for his job a lot this this year. He, he was already under pressure from Roger Penske. His worst-performing driver would be fired this year. Uh, Pagano was a distant fourth in that Penske team compared to everybody else as of last season. And look at the improvement he made this year. He was fantastic this year. Um, he had great moments on almost every format of IndyCar. He was a little bit... Again, he's still lacking a little bit on the ovals, but still had that very brave fourth in Texas, which was very important for the title, given the guys around him like Ray Hall and Kanan were still in the mix as well, to a degree as well. Uh, Power was a lap down. That was a key race for Pagano in the title race. And again, that move at Mid-Ohio, yeah. where on willpower his own teammate for the sake of the title um incredibly brave stuff Pagano had nuts of steel throughout this entire season like the Ray Hall pass as well in in uh, Barber as well that tremendous fight with Graham that he eventually came out on top of Pagano for me was just so impressive this year across the board um and I think this is nothing against Nico Rosberg. This is like by 0.1 of a percent because if I can't begrudge King's pick of Rosberg at all, Rosberg did genuinely improve this year. This wasn't just a oh he, he's champion because Hamilton because Hamilton messed like Hamilton had had the retirements and whatnot. No 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 no. I'm not buying that narrative one bit. Rosberg genuinely did up his game this year. Had many a key moments. Again we mentioned it last week, but the Abu Dhabi pass on Verstappen for the sake of the title, outstanding. Um, one of the passes of the year. Um, the best move I've ever seen Nico Rosberg make, um, and that was of a championship on the line and. He was gritty. He was ballsy. He he didn't make mistakes. He took the points where he could get them. Then um, that was that was bold in its own right, and especially given the Harrington narrative machine was beaten all year long, and the incredible amount of pressure on Rosberg to succeed. Um, but for me, I think Simon Pagano's improvement and his his new his new plinth on the top of the IndyCar pedestal was what gave him the edge for me by a fraction. So, um, yeah, that's that's my number one pick. Simon Pagano, everybody, um, which for me is kind of redundant because, like I said on, before we went on the air, Mark Marquez was better than all of these people this year. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. That's why he won the Motorsport 101 Rider of the Year, or is it Racer of the Year, I should say. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's my words in a nutshell. Um, that, you know, that's that's how it is for me. Any any last comments, King? Oh, last comments. All I can say is the bike draft is going to be interesting, knowing how much you value Mark Marquez. <laughs> like, let, let, let it be known right now. If I get the number one pick again, I'm taking Mark Marquez, and I'm not even going to hesitate on that. If I don't, it's going to be a bit more interesting. But, um... Yeah, like I'm looking for. I've already got like a big board in mind. Like I'm gonna draw one up soon. Just, just, just until the day comes. But uh, yeah, that'll just about do it for this week's episode of the Nemo's for One Hundred One Podcast. Um, a special New Year's edition. Thank you very much for listening. All the best to everybody for 2017. A happy New Year to all our listeners. Um, let's hope it was better than last year, for God's sake. <laughs> but um, for those out there, um, again, happy New Year. Again, I hope, I hope you had a lovely Christmas. 
Um, places you can find us, the YouTube, the Facebook. Again, that's Slash Motorsport 101. That's our Patreon account. So if you want to back us on there. We're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101 as well. We can find all of our content and the places to find us on our website, motorsport101.net. So until next time, probably sometime in January where we have to get the movie reveal, the movie film out of the way. Yay. Um, <laughs> you you sound you so fun- excited. If you make us watch Driven first, I'm going to kill you, King. Yeah, we'll probably not watch Driven first. It'll probably be like our mid-movie season movie. <laughs> you can, you can, like, way to shit the bed halfway through, King. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll watch something but, good first. Fine, fine. We'll do that. Um, okie dokie, you got it. Um, until next time, though, I've been Andre Harrison. He's been Ryan King. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll catch you guys next time. Sayonara. Bye.